Hello and welcome to The Conversation, a podcast from the Spectator world. I'm Oliver Wiseman, Deputy Editor. My guest this week is the documentary filmmaker Alex Lee Moyer. In her latest film, Alex's War, out next week, Moyer sets out to answer a simple question with a complicated answer. Who is Alex Jones? Jones is many things. A living, breathing meme, famous for his unhinged, seeming viral meltdowns. A talisman for a conspiratorial, anti-globalist right. And perhaps the first target of the current wave of anti-disinformation, big tech censorship. Moya has spent a lot of time with Jones over the last few years, including in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. I spoke to Moya about the compelling character at the heart of her new film, as well as some of the troubling hurdles she encountered in the film's rollout. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Alex, thanks for joining us. I wanted to start by asking you not about the film per se, but about the rollout of the film. Uh, I understand that it hasn't been quite as straightforward as, as it might have been. Um, so I wondered if you could sort of explain explain that side of, side of things. Sure. And thanks for having me. Um, well, when you set out to do a movie about Alex Jones, you're actually anticipating this from the get-go, which is what happened. So basically, we launched the film's uh, rollout a, a few weeks ago. Uh, we put out the trailer. We put it on Twitter. It did bombastic numbers the first day, which wasn't really a, a much of a surprise. But then in the analytics, it was immediately sort of quashed, which it's hard to verify what exactly the reason is for that. And of course, a lot of the times you can kind of chalk this up to algorithms, but we had similar outcomes on TikTok and Facebook, where the trailer was banned for, uh, you know, hate speech, essentially. And then more prominently, which can really be blamed more directly on uh, human beings more than it can be on algorithms is when we tried to take out ad space on Google. And we actually spent some time on the phone with them. And rather than addressing the question of whether you should be able to deplatform someone making a film about a deplatform person, they simply just hung up the phone and then uh, banned our professional Google accounts uh, for for again, hate speech and said that we'll never be able to buy ad space from them going forward ever again. And I mean, uh, you know, I guess listeners won't have seen the, doc- the documentary yet, but you know, this is not kind of, this is certainly not like Alex Jones propaganda. You know, this is a kind of in the round kind of look at the the man. And um, right. I think you sort of, it's show don't tell as it were, but um, you know, so, so did you even get a kind of sense an answer, an answer, kind of from any of these uh, platforms as to as to as to why you know why, why can't you t- talk about someone like Alex Jones? No, and honestly, that would be a waste of of our time and energy. I I'm actually, just candidly, I'm more surprised that people are surprised mm-hmm. about what happened. I always anticipated this, and you know. Uh, that even the the production company or the for the film, there's a reason why we why we'll be showing the film on these alternative media platforms in addition to the platform the more mainstream platforms that have committed to showing the film is because we don't know what's going to happen and and if you know anything about Alex's appearances on all of the numerous podcasts that he's been on, including the Joe Rogan podcast, things that he's in, they just they get taken down and they get censored, uh, and that's just part of what it means to be Alex Jones related content. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is despite all of the censorship that 
that we're number two on the Apple pre-order charts next to Top Gun right now. Wow. So, and that's a bit surprising, not only because of the content of the film, which is, you know, he who must not be named and, or spoken about it, it, We're actually like a pretty small production and it's a pretty, was a pretty inexpensively made film. So mm-hmm. to be right up there with these multi-million dollar sort of blockbuster films is sort of puts forth an interesting precedent. It's exciting for all of us. Mm-hmm. And, and what's your, I mean, I guess that, that could kind of lead us into talking about the film itself. I mean, there's clearly an appetite for, you know, something about this man. And, you know, I guess he sort of is, has always been sort of talked about um, for, for years now. So, so, so what do you think explains the kind of, I mean, what explains the public interest in, in him and what, what explains your own curiosity in him as, as a figure? I mean, what do you think is, what do you think makes him interesting? Well, for me personally, and then I'll sort of, I'll sure. sort of deconstruct it. Is is for me personally, I'm interested in making films about what's happening in the world right now and what's happening in the culture wars right now, because you know we're all living through the sort of the same turbulence and the same sort of adjustments. And to be told while we're going through all this, these these you know these traumas that we're not even allowed to honestly discuss what's happening uh, and we can only discuss it through the lens of these sort of you know the legacy media and sort of uh, approved narratives I think that people that's not good enough for them anymore mm-hmm. uh, and for especially for myself like making these films this film and my last film TFW and OGF are sort of my own sort of grasping attempts to untangle everything that's going on and in a way, you know, restore not empathy necessarily for not just for the, the subject of my films, but to maybe create some conversation between one another so that we can mm. speak honestly about issues that are happening in the world right now. And you have someone like Alex Jones, who is in the legacy media once a week, at least. And the fact that those people are allowed to talk about Alex Jones, but an independent filmmaker is not allowed to actually shed some light on Alex Jones and who he is and what he's done and what it all means is it should get a lot of people scratching their heads. And I think it is. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to, um, to, 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 to um, Alex Jones, I mean, I guess everyone listening to this will, will, will know who he is, I, I suppose. They, they may not have, you know, tuned into hours and hours of InfoWars or anything, but they've probably right. seen some clips of, you know, him at his a sort of crescendo of one of his monologues or whatever of it might course. be. Of um, course. Yeah. And probably laughed at it um, <laughs> uh, because it is extremely funny often. Um, uh, but, but what, you know, give me the kind of, as someone who spent time with him, made this film about him, I mean, what is the kind of Alex Jones worldview? Like, what is, what is, what is the kind, in a nutshell, mm. you know, behind these crazy clips, what does he actually uh, think? Well, I could give you a very, I could give you a very long answer. And it, it does seem at times like it's a very tangled web because anybody that's followed him um, outside of just, you know, the last few years or since Trump knows that Alex Jones has been anti-establishment throughout his entire career, whether it was a Republican president, a Democratic president. He, uh, I think would be firmly correctly planted in the conservative camp, but the overarching theme of all of Alex's speculations is the war against the globalists. 
And for people who don't know what uh, what that means, Alex believes that there is uh, a group of powerful elites who are trying to form a one world government to basically quash out individualism, freedom of speech, uh, Western values as we know it, and uh, you know basically create a an underclass of masses to uh, to lord over and take over the planet essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's which pretty- sounds which sounds crazy if you if nutshell like that. But a little less crazy the longer that you're alive on the planet Earth. So who knows? <laughs> um, and it's and then that is you know for all of the world has sort of changed. I mean that's sort of been his mo since kind of the '90s, right? I mean this has been that hasn't changed in in him and how he he sees the world. No, that's 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 the reason for the season, and and that includes being the underlying motivations for all of his fo- his foibles as well. It's just it's it's like a rock. Like he's just, he's been insanely consistent the whole time. And just really what's happened is the world has sort of been continually shifting around him. And now we're at a place where it seems like he's in the spotlight more than ever. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think it's because, you know, he's really tapped into sort of a a zeitgeist energy for better or for worse that people gravitate towards. Um, And I I guess, I mean, at least for me, and I'm I'm sure for other people too, that one of the questions we always have about, someone like Jones is like on the kind of earnest crusader to cynical showman kind of spectrum, you know, cause he, cause he, he believes all these things, but he's also on a certain level a performer too. Right. And, and so kind of where, I mean, people can sort of see the film and judge for themselves, I guess, because there's lots in there, but, but where do you sort of place him on that, on that spectrum, you know, crusader who believes everything he says uh-huh. and kind of cynical kind of, you know, click chasing kind of um, sure. Well, the, the I mean, the, I get a lot of questions about Alex, and I I say often this is the easiest question for me to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer is Alex is a hundred percent the person who he purports to be, and he definitely believes what he says and more, and can back it up, but. At the end of the day, he's got to be on TV for five hours a day, and he's been completely barred from any sort of conventional economic structures. He's sort of created this entire new entrepreneurial mode that has earned him a lot of scorn, for instance, like having a store that sells vitamins to raise money for his you know, endeavors. I actually think it's genius and all these people have copied it, including Joe Rogan, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, Alex is a performer and he has to entertain people. And this is why he's able to make his way along, along his way in the world. So, you know, anybody that's trying to, to say that it's wrong that Alex Jones is performative or hyperbolic, is just is it, it's it's a bit hypocritical since that's what all entertainers are are doing. He's just doing it a lot better than a lot of those other people, and and uh, yeah. But I, I I think he also wants to is a lot more normal than people would give him credit for. Obviously, you can't be that guy twenty four seven. He's not that guy twenty four seven. I mean, he's he's kind of like he's kind of like anybody else, except that. You know, except that he is who he is, basically. Right, right. 
And, and I'm curious, was there, a, was there a moment where you sort of, something that happened that made you think, I, I really need to make a film about Alex Jones and like, how did you go about, you know, getting him to agree to talk to you and, and hang out with him and, and all of that kind of thing? What's the sort of story behind it? Well, for me in the past few years, I've been doing sort of this, this filmmaking that was adjacent to a lot of these cultural issues that are so divisive in this country and trying to um, sort of shed light on them. And I felt like I was only, I just felt like it was time to level up. And Alex was kind of like the final boss, right? Because what is, (laughs) what is, what really gets to the heart of what is happening in America more than Alex Jones, I, I couldn't think of anything. And I knew just to satisfy my own ambition as well, that I, that I could do it. If I just, if I just got on the phone and if I stuck around and I was resilient long enough and I could, you know, manifest this film and that's what ended up happening. And it was, it was fairly timely because, or not timely. It was time consuming because Alex is a pretty guarded person out, when it comes to outsiders, of course, when it's mm-hmm. in the his sort of like conservative, you know, circles, or he's a lot more comfortable. But I'm not like a right wing pundit, or mm-hmm. a, even a right wing filmmaker or anything like that. And also, I'm not famous. So or I wasn't, I mean, who knows, let's wish for the best. But <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I was able to break him down over time, mostly just through resilience and talking to people around him and, and, and gaining their trust and showing up at places that, you know, regular Hollywood filmmakers wouldn't show up at, including the, the, the numerous marches in the wake of the election here that are the sort of the tent posts for my film. Mm-hmm. And do you think, I mean, I guess a simple way of putting this question is, how powerful is Alex Jones, right? Like he's obviously extremely interesting in the in the way he's a sort of reflection of some of the kind of you know some 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 of some things that are going on in, in politics in America in the West whatever. But like how much like how influential is he? Like to what extent is you know what I mean? Like is he is he steering any kind of conversation beyond a kind of very narrow group of people who who um, who tune into his his show? Well, that's. That's sort of tough to say because I think he's really been in a transitional phase the last few years. And the claims that he had anything to do with Trump winning the election, you know, that's that's arguable. He did have such an outsized audience during that time, larger than most cable network news channels. And I think InfoWars probably still even does, despite being deplatformed from YouTube. But back in 2015, 2016, 2017, he was pulling in numbers that those any of those other broadcasters would have been jealous of. But nobody in sort of the mainstream even knows who those people are who are t- tuning in. They were probably pretty mystified by it. But um, since he's been deplatformed and since the campaigns against him have been so heavy to kind of make him the Alex Jones that people think of today, which is, the, you know, the Sandy Hook man, supervillain, mm-hmm. Alex Jones. I don't, I don't know. And, but I do know that he has an intense, obviously he's got his built-in following at InfoWars. A lot of people on the right even shun him. Uh, and even in, within the, in Trump's, in Trump's camp, like even a lot of those people. So mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely 
touch and go. He's got a, what he really has devoted following. And he's also sort of garnered all this subcultural interest from like Gen Z people. And, you know, maybe this film will have some, has something to do with that. I don't know, but he's been, he's been memed so heavily. Like you said, everybody's seen funny clips of him freaking out and they don't tune into Infowars every day. So he's got, he's got an eclectic sort of influence that's different than the influence that he had years ago before he got canceled. And, and it, it, I wonder if also if she thought there's also a way in which he's kind of been a, like a, maybe a victim of his own success, a victim of the success of some of his, some of his ideas, you know, like if you, you know, what, what use is it being a kind of provocative online uh, conspiracy theorist when, you know, the president of the United States kind of goes in for the same thing, right? Like you're kind of, your kind of gap, your niche, your kind of gap in the market has been, uh, it's sort of, and I think you get that a bit in your film, subtly, there's sort of relationship mm-hmm. between him and Trump and he sort of rides the wave, that kind of doesn't want to ride the wave, does want to ride the wave. So, right. Well, I mean, maybe maybe tell me about that, like like Trump and, and Jones and, and how, how they kind of fit together. Because it's not like a, it, there's obvious overlap, but it's a sort of weird, weird marriage in a way. Well, I mean, let me think for a second. So that's it. That's just it. Like part of Alex's appeal is that he is, he is a lot more fallible and he is a little bit more prone to sort of bombastic sort of behavior and sort of making like bold statements and Mm -hmm. following boldly into whatever he's doing. And a lot of times at his own detriment. And of course, Trump can be, you can sort of draw a comparison there. I think that when it comes to his relationship with Trump, I personally, I think that might have been sort of exaggerated. And Alex will be the first person to tell you that he thinks it was exaggerated. Really what happened is Trump knew that he needed Alex's audience. Um, It's such a massive, it's such a massive reach, especially for people in the flyover states. If he didn't get Alex's endorsement, that was not going to be good for him. Uh, but you could say the same thing about probably Sean Hannity or something like that, who has almost who has very little in common with Alex Jones. I think for Trump, it was just another stop on the press tour, to, if I'm being totally honest. Mm-hmm. But but I do think that they will forever be associated in people's minds only because Alex is stands out so much more than any of those other conservative personalities. And he's so idiosyncratic and he's so sort of outside of the fray that it was radical for a president Mm -hmm. to even a a presidential candidate to even acknowledge him. And that's part of, I think is why Trump won, but I think it's part of an overarching theme about Trump where he's willing to do things that would be politically inadvisable to anybody else. Right. And um, I think that meant a lot to, to Alex. And I, again, yeah, the, they will never be able to be severed in, in some people's minds. And that's another reason why some people are just going to hate Alex Jones forever because they're just going to hate Donald Trump forever. And mm-hmm. that's just the way it's always going to be. Um, earlier, you said something along the lines of, um, you know, like who, who better to, who better to, sort of focus on if you want to understand what's going on in our politics today or and i'm paraphrasing but and, and there's kind of two there's two versions of that right there's the sort of i guess there's a kind of cnn if you will version of it which is basically to say 
if you want to understand what's going on in politics today, you need to understand. Anderson is, Cooper? No, no, no. Is it like you need, you know, <laughs> a CNN host would say, if you want to understand what's going on, you need to understand Alex Jones because, you know, misinformation is, you know, swinging elections and, and so on and so right. forth. And then there's a kind of Alex Jones kind of version of, of that, which is to say, basically, everything has played out as I predicted. And, you know, the great reset is happening and a pandemic came along and they stole an election and, 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 and so on and so forth. So I, I don't know if you, 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 you don't, yeah. you don't kind of put, pin yourself to either of those probably, but I, I'm curious as to sort of what you meant when you said. I think that they're all part of the same thing in my mind. Uh-huh. I mean, they're all part of this fog of war sort of uh, atmosphere that we're living in where people are pretending like they understand what's going to happen next or or, or why it's happening. And they want assurances, not only for themselves, but for their audiences. And uh, to me, when people are looking back in 20 years time, 30 years time, they're not going to be able to parse out the differences between the two things that you just said. It's all just going to seem like it's part of one big mess. And hopefully with a film like this, that, that I, uh, that I, that is not, propaganda categorically that actually shows you you know what this person at least actually thinks and how this person sees himself and for and in some degree how he's seen by other people maybe then we'll be able to sort of understand the answers to some of the questions that we're facing now but we're going to need like a whole lot of hindsight because everything is so uh, off the rails I think in terms of information that people are still learning how to parse things out and they can all point the finger at each other, but I don't see what's so interesting about that. That just seems like that's really what's happening as people are pointing the finger at each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you think, I mean, in terms of, in terms of Alex Jones um, and the Trump stuff, I mean, what, oh, a big part of the, you know, I guess the big sort of denouement, big scene in your in your documentary without giving anything away is uh, is, is January January sixth, and you and your you and your cameras are there sure. on the day with Alex Jones, and um, you know he and I was kind of this isn't this was it's a, okay. This is out there. This is out there already, right? But he sort of yes, tries to kind of call off the dogs, right, and tell tell everyone to like not storm the Capitol, and has right. that? I'm curious as to like how that's and you're someone following him in this world more closely than me, but like, how is that, uh, how is he now sort of seen by people who, who, you know, are sort of presumably kind of paid up, sort of stop the steal kind of MAGA types, you know, is he, is he kind of a bit more distant from that movement than he was at the time? No! So what straight in there, or is like oh, okay, okay. Well, if if sorry, and I can get in trouble for this, but if you the impression, so the impression that you have is that people in the in that are like Trump in the MAGA movement and conservative that they liked January six and wanted January six to happen. No, no, no. I know, I know, I know that's that's yeah. I presume the point here is that Alex Jones says it was a inside job and that's what everyone's kind of agrees with him on that is that sort of how the well alexandro ocasio cortez agrees with him on that mm-hmm. uh so <laughs> to you know and she just said so the other day but no the uh, january 6th is the worst was the worst thing in alex's eyes that could have happened that day sure. there was an there was an event that was scheduled to happen where he was going to be allowed 
to speak in front of the United States Capitol. He had been invited to speak there by some prominent conservative donors. And everybody was supposed to march down to the Capitol. It had been planned for weeks and weeks and weeks. And that's why you see clips of people on the news saying it's going to be wild at, the, at, the, at January 6th because they had a big rally planned there on the front of the lawn. Mm-hmm. And that got spoiled by people who went over there before Trump's speech was even finished, were sort of flagged through by the security that was already there, like just letting them inside. And then, and then ultimately, and you can say it was organic or it was inorganic. The thing escalated. And by the time Alex Jones even arrived there with his little speech in his hand that he was going to make in front of president Trump, Mm-hmm. It was all spoiled. Right. So what you see in the film is him standing there going, no, you guys, it's go around to the front. Trump's right. going to be here. I'm going to get to, right. you know, and you're then gonna Trump, ruin, you're going to ruin, ruin my big moment. He is. So, and then when he saw what was happening, he's been around forever. I, I mean, he's been through so much trouble and he's been in the press. He's got so much negative attention. He knew he knew exactly what was going to happen as soon as he got down there and saw what was happening. He he did everything that he could to to break it up. And then he left. Uh, He just got out of there because, you know, it was it had taken on a life of its own. So, um, yeah. And I, 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 I don't think that and that's why he hasn't been subpoenaed. I mean, he actually has been privately subpoenaed and done interviews and everything for the J6 committee, but they're not going to put him on TV because it's not going to make them look good mm-hmm. because, and there's too much footage and he just, he, he, he was, a little, he was kind of a bystander. And I mean, that depends on what you mean by bystander, because of course he was involved with planning events for that day, but mm-hmm. he certainly wasn't involved with he wasn't planning, ar- with, with planning an insurrection. Yeah, yeah. No, no yeah. way. Um, uh, and, 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 and like what sort of, he's now in this weird kind of moment, right? He's sort of fighting this plat deplatforming kind of effort. He's, there's this sort of post Trump moment that he's kind of navigating. So, you know, what's, you know, this is, you know, it, it's a kind of complicated moment, right? For, for, for Alex Jones and his kind of world. Um, so what mm-hmm. do you think happens next with him? Does he kind of just keep, keep plugging away with the message he's always had or? Right. Well, yeah, I do. And I, and I don't even think he's fighting it anymore because they've they've sort of uh, achieved a level of autonomy with his network, with InfoWars and what they've been able to do sort of, out, you know, on their own, which he was able to do because he's been, you know, working on it essentially since the the 90s. And only in 2018 did it become a, a it, did it was it a contingency plan that it that he was able to sort of access. But um, I think that he does, I think he's going to do this until he drops dead. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, there are certainly people at InfoWars that could try and fill his shoes. And there are some, uh, you know, but, but there's only one Alex Jones and he's also from a de- different generation. I don't think we're going to get another Alex Jones again. Uh, and he's going to probably just keep, doing what he's doing until he's totally shut down. And of course there have been many attempts to shut him down. And, uh, the, this, and the biggest thing that I don't want to gloss over in this interview is, are the, you know, the San, the Sandy hook proceedings and the Sandy hook allegations. That's kind of the seminal moment. in Alex Jones's entire career. And I completely address it 
uh, in all its ugliness in the film. So if anyone thinks I'm glossing over that, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not. But what it's become is it's sort of become sort of this straw man sort of argument for for censorship across the board for everybody on the internet everywhere. I mean, it's the original starting point for for all of the all of the content warnings that we see today. I mean, that's where it all started. So while it may be sort of unforgivable in the minds of people, the remarks that he made and the impacts those remarks had on other people, it, it doesn't take much uh, critical thinking to realize that, you know, using a tragedy to to issue a mass prescription of, of censorship across the internet, internet everywhere, it's, it's not really, mm-hmm. I don't think it's the, the best thing for, uh, for the world. Well, Alex, I'm going to end the interview by telling everyone to go out, uh, find a way of streaming Alex's War, the excellent documentary you've made about Alex Jones. Um, who knows, you know, who knows where, where it'll be available uh, kind of this time next week. Um, maybe you can tell us right now where, where people can watch it. Um, sure. Yeah. So people could watch it um, on, as of now, um, barring, any, barring any catastrophe, you can watch it on Amazon iTunes. It's available available for pre-order now. YouTube. It will also be doing a limited theater run in New York and Los Angeles and Austin, Texas, as well as a few scattered theaters, uh, courageous theaters throughout the United States. And you can also see it on alternative platforms like Rockfin and Odyssey, Rumble, and Locals. Great. Alex, well, congratulations on an excellent film, and uh, thank you for joining us. All right. Thanks, Oliver. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of The District, don't forget to subscribe. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Spectator World is the American edition of the world's oldest magazine. To read more content on similar topics, please visit spectatorworld.com.